All, All right, right, guys. Sorry, no, I'm stealing it. Fine, go for it. <laughs> so, one day at school, one oh of gosh, our classes, <laughs> when we were young warthogs, um, <laughs> so one of our song. classes, we had a patient, and we had to present in front of the class how we will work with this patient. Interventions, exercises, manual, you name it. And I was already a technician for about four or five years at that time, so I had a pretty good grip on outpatient services, right? Mm-hmm. And during this presentation we were about to do, we did the first one, went out, went on without a hitch. This, the next patient that we got, a different group went up first. They did their presentation, their exercises. It was a peds, it was a peds patient, so they ran over their exercises as if it was a peds patient and I look over to our presentation and our list of exercises that I helped come up with and I had lower trunk rotations straight leg raises rows and I'm like this is not for a peds patient I was so much in that mentality of working with adults Mm -hmm. that I'd never flipped a switch of I need to cater to this patient and, and their, the, their population and their personality. Mm-hmm. So we went into DEFCON 1 and <laughs> we had we tried to push every group in front of us before we presented so we can quickly adjust our interventions appropriately. Needless to say, our presentation went on without a hitch. I think we did like a little obstacle course for the, the patient to um, like work on overhead reaching and balls and kind of multitasking. It was, it was a great time. But the moral of the story is each patient is different. Their personalities are different. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to discuss several different personalities and how to approach them, mainly working in outpatient clinics. That's where our experience is. And um, applies we'll go from there. to inpatient. But yeah, and again, just as a little disclaimer, real quick, guys, these are just not saying that every single one of these kind of like groups or personalities. Um, are always going to present this way. This is just something that we've co- seen a common trend in um, within our area and things that we have ran into. And so we kind of just want to talk about how we kind of get around um, some of the complications or the issues that could arise from different personalities. So again, we're not trying to bash any one group or anything like that. Don't please don't take that negatively. This is just things that we have seen. Um, so on that note, I think we're ready to go for a second wacky little intro by me, but let's go ahead and do it, right? Let's go. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken and Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All right, guys, we're back at it. Ooh, I think that was a little loud. Um, today we're going to just talking about personalities and how to deal with different types, the different traits that uh, different disorders could have that, you know, can cause it to be not a normal treatment, I guess. I don't know where I was going with that. Can I just start over? Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to start over, you can. <laughs> just. <laughs> well, guys, that's what it's like sometimes. I'm not going to lie. It's a... It's a rough day today. <laughs> both of both me and Ken are a little tired, and yeah, it's about I think to this be might Friday. be one of our latest recordings we've done. 
I blame it on playoff hockey. I'm not going to lie. But the original plan was to kind of talk about different personality traits and how we have to work with them in the clinic and what that means for us. How do we have to adapt? Um, What are some of the traits, most common traits that we see come into the clinic? All that jazz. So we're literally just going to jump right into it. And let's talk about the gym rat. Let's talk about that type of person coming in. Um, Have you ever encountered this, Ken? Um, More times than I can count. So how would you classify a gym, a person who's like big into the gym? Well, so that's the thing. So we come in, so we we have some patients come in where, I mean, they're jacked, like beyond all belief. Yeah, they can can beat me up. So being in... (laughs) Las Vegas, we have, we have, we've treated some of the performers too, like on some of the shows and we're talking like pole dancers and things like that. And some of these guys are just like jacked and Mm -hmm. just ridiculously. So when it comes to treatment wise, sometimes we focus more on the manual side of things because there's nothing that we can do out in the gym that's harder than what they're putting themselves through for just their job in general. Yeah, And then you also have your people who just love the gym. They go, like, you obviously can tell as soon as they walk in, like, all right, this guy obviously goes to the gym quite often. And they'll ask us too, like, hey, I know I'm hurt or whatever the case may be, but when can I get back to the gym? Like, they're just itching. Yeah, so and like they'll just... be in the gym too, like doing legs or something like that. And say they're a shoulder injury and they're like, I'm just doing legs. When I can I do shoulder? And you're like, oh, my gosh, calm down. It's your first week yeah. here. <laughs> and the hard part is like to handle these kinds of like patient population is you try to work with them at the equipment you have in your physical therapy clinic. And sometimes we don't have 40 pound dumbbells, 50 pound dumbbells and barbells. Some clinics do. I've seen some clinics that have squat racks and benches mm-hmm. and like a full on little gym, but not every clinic does. So when patients come in and they're like, you just handed me a five pound weight, like what am I supposed to do with this? And well, yeah, sorry, go on. I was say like sometimes it's understand like it's understandable both sides. One, you have, they have to understand that they're hurt, mm-hmm. so it's not like everything is back to just another day at the gym, like nothing happened. Like you're here for a reason, so a lot of patient education goes into that. But there are some moments where you're just like, yeah, that looks really light. Sometimes you just have to like just suck it up a little bit. It's always the after is when they're hurting. So it's like, all right, just do the five pounds. If it's easy, next time, making sure that you're okay, we can bump it up. Yeah. But it's and hard I think to go from zero to 100 on just one visit just because it looks easy the first time. That's going to be a theme throughout today is just a lot of education and communication with the patients. But it's definitely like with them, you want to educate them of like, hey, we're trying to get you back into a pain-free range. If I hand you 40 right now. Yeah, you might be able to power through, but you're going to hurt. And that's what we're trying to avoid. We don't want that pain while we're moving. And so sometimes it's re-educating. I always like to say we're re-educating your brain, your muscles, your joints that, hey, it's okay to move in this direction and not hurt. And by doing that, we have to ramp it up slowly. We have to, you know, you're not going to, I always use this analogy because most people understand it running very well because most people don't like running. There's some people who do. I'm not one of them. Um, But I go, you're not going to go from, hey, I had an injury. Um, I was running 10, you know, 20 miles a day to going right back to running 20 miles a day. You're going to work your way up. 
back into it. And it's the same thing with any other type of injury. You're going to work your way back up into those heavy weights. Does not mean that we can't do them. It just means we're going to make sure that they're pain-free because a lot, like you said, a lot of times it's after, or they just don't tell you, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I've had that happen. They'll be like, this, this is so easy. And I'm like, okay, well, is it hurting? And they're like, no. And then the next day they come in, I'm like, how how are you feeling? And they're like, well, I really hurt during the last session when we were doing these. And I'm like, I asked you. (laughs) Yeah. And like, See, that's like one thing too. Like, even when you're just working out, like you always have like that ego check. Like, okay, just Mm -hmm. leave your ego at the door because I get it. When you come in, especially after working out for so long, like you can you can lift heavy weight, but you have to realize you are hurt. Yeah, patients have to understand that. So we have to just start with the basics, making sure, like you said, we're pain free, and just wait for the next session. Like, hey, let's just do the red band today. If it's easy, you go home, you feel great. You come next visit, you feel great. No pain whatsoever. Okay, then we'll bump you up to the green band or the blue band, whatever the case may be. But it's, and even from when I was a technician, like you learn it, like people try to push themselves, especially if they feel like they can do more and things are easy that first visit. Yeah, and this goes across the board with every personality kind of with it. I, I ask all the time, like, hey, let me know if this hurts. They'll say nothing to you. And then you'll ask, like, how's that feeling? And then they're like, well, it's it's hurting. And you're like, for crying out loud, I told you to let me know. Because I need to adjust things, whether it's just your form. I need to drop down the weight. If we maybe need to go in a less uh, amount of range of motion. But you're going to get those people across the board. And, but I do feel like those who are used to being athletic you're going to struggle with that a little bit more too. They're not going to tell you. Um, well, do you want to switch gears to another personality? Well, one, one more thing with the gym. Um, people who are in the gym or just work out in general a lot. And this goes for like runners, dancers, a lot. Um, the form. They're going to think they know everything about form and what's the best way to do it and how they can do it. Um like the big one is kind of the rule of I'm sure like you've we've all heard it at some point is, you know, keeping your doing a squat, keeping your knees behind your toes. And that's not necessarily that you have to, but definitely when it's causing pain to go past your toes, that puts an increased pressure into that region. And so we want to kind of avoid it definitely if you've got a knee injury. Well, patients are gonna challenge. I was say, that. You're about to open a huge can of worms there. Well, it's just like when you when you've got that pain, you're not going to let that that puts more pressure there. You're not going to let it go past because you're not going to put in that pain range. And um, the thing is, is a lot of patients are going to be like, well, I can do that. And, you know, it's okay to do that. And they're going to question you on it. And so definitely with those ones, you're going to have to have more reasonings of why you're doing a certain activity in a certain form or in a certain way when, you know. They're not necessarily used to that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, um, and educating them is going to be a big part of that. But that's something I feel like you're going to run into also with that. Or they're also going to be like, well, what about this exercise? Can't, won't this exercise be great for this? And you're like, well, yeah, but that's not focusing really on what we need to do. It's a good exercise, just not geared towards what we're doing. So, no. I think another thing you have to look out for, too, is when they kind of go rogue mm-hmm. and just do their own thing when you give them their you program. Know, I, and 
they're holding weights for scaption and all of a sudden they start doing overhead presses and it's like, okay, hold on. You know, I'm not even that personality. I'm not going to even give to the gym person because I don't see that as much. I see that more in people who just don't like to rest. So like they're not even like gym rats or big gym people or anything like that, like or athletics. It's just the people who can't just let their body rest in between sets. They have to be doing something else. And so they do. They go rogue and they just start picking up, like, doing the weights. You turn your back for two seconds and the next thing you know, they're, like, they go from rows to overhead presses or something like that. Um, You're just like, I literally turned my back for two seconds. How? (laughs) I feel like in my experience, it's mainly those gym people. Because, I mean, they know exercises. They know different kind of what they want to do and what to hit for what region so they just start doing what they want that's just my experience yeah. maybe yours is a little different but I just usually the people that go to the gym and are familiar with like their own gym workout and their routines like they'll go rogue and do their own thing i can see that but all right what's the we next get, personality you want to hit on we can completely switch gears 100 percent and have someone who's never touched a weight in their life yeah that's going to be hard because the form is the toughest thing I think to teach. Um, visuals are a great thing for these people. I feel like because if they visibly can see it and then you tactile cue them too, it's going to be a big help. However, the hardest thing is turning your back on them. Those are ones I feel like you turn your back in two seconds later. You're like, what are you doing? What? Speaking what? of which we actually had Exercise. a reel on that. It specifically where we did. I was trying to teach Laura how to do rows and as soon as I walk away she starts doing her own thing. I know and rows have been it's hard more, to do since I've it's working not, now. And I wouldn't even consider you going rogue. It's more of you might just not had in that scenario a yeah, good grip on rogue. how to do the how to do the row and then over time you kinda of just break form. Well and the thing too is I they don't realize they're breaking the form. Um, you know, I at our location we don't have mirrors everywhere. Um, we only have two little, well, two mirrors. One's tucked behind because it's kind of broken. And then the other one's rolling. So if it's in use or anything like that, which we do use it quite often, you're kind of without it. Like, uh, and you, you know, if you're double booked, you got usually patients, you're kind of bouncing back and forth between. So it is easy for them to lose their form and have no idea they've lost it. Um, And that's a hard one, too, because you want to correct them, but at the same time, you don't want to discourage them by having to correct them so much. And there's been times where I've had to correct them a lot because they they just can't they every they can do it great if I'm queuing and they're good. But the moment I'd stop, the compensation would just come back because they were they were uh, not even weak because they could hold it if I stayed there. It's just lack of focus, I would say. On that one. Um, I would also say on that breaking the form thing, just something I've learned even back when I was a technician until now, the earlier you can catch someone breaking form, the better. So let's say it's um, rows, for example, and they're not doing it right. They're more mm-hmm. either extending the elbows, chicken wing, and they're not engaging their their back like we want to want them to, right? If you let them go on doing it that way. Let's say that visit, next visit, the following visit, and then someone corrects it. Trust me, that patient is not going to be happy. 
because then they start getting into their head like, well, I've been doing it this way the entire time and no one has said anything at all. So if I get that sometimes saying the same thing over and over again can be a little annoying, maybe the patient feels like a little annoyed because you keep correcting them. But at the end of the day, that's better than the patient doing it wrong because either A, they might hurt themselves or B, the patients get frustrated because no one told them the correct way. And I've experienced that as a technician. I've had friends that were patients before and that they were doing that because then they get upset because they're like, oh, they were just watching TV or they were paying attention to a different patient or just talking to their coworkers and who knows how long they were doing it wrong. And then Laura comes along and be like, oh, you should engage your back, squeeze your shoulder blades together. And then they kind of look at me like, why didn't you tell me that? Yeah, so. my patients do. When I worked uh, at our old location, um, the patients would make fun of me. A good chunk of them would be make fun of me because I was picky. I'm picky on form. I really am because of that reason. Um, I want them to feel like they're getting value after uh, why they're there. That's a, a thing too. Is like if you're just giving them exercises and you're not giving them any feedback, then why the heck are they doing it there? Why? Why spend the time to do exercises there? They could just do the same things at home half the time. If you're not giving them any of that feedback. So you're you're completely right. You want to make sure you're giving the feedback. I think it's just knowing each of the personalities and knowing when is too much and when is not enough type thing. And that's for me yeah. getting and to know your different. patients. Yeah. yeah. Every patient's different. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I was very particular. Patients would be like, wait, why are you out here? Go back and do something else. And I was like, right. not because you're doing your form wrong. <laughs> dude, I had some that would. And I'm like, dude, I saw you doing it wrong. <laughs> I saw you messing around. Um. All right. Let's talk about the patients who are there because of the fact that they have to be there, either because they're a lean or um, – you know, anyone that has a lawyer, car accident, slip the and falls, comp. workers comp, um, they're there because they have to medication. in order to kind of get, yeah, medication paid or something out of it. Um, they're not there to, because they actually feel like physical therapy is going to help, but they have to do physical therapy to get something else, even if it's an MRI or something. Those ones are tough because the buy-in is not very high and it's very hard to get motivation from someone who does not believe in the process. Um, again, like I said, the biggest thing for me is going to be education. Education is going to be key on this. I think also queuing while they're there, making sure that they feel beneficial out of it is going to be you know, um, a big key on this. Uh, what about you, Ken? It, I feel like that population in general is very, not always, they can be very difficult to work mm-hmm. with because they're there because they have to be, not yeah. essentially because they want to be. So a lot of times you get commercial insurances where they were hurt, they sought out a doctor, the doctor recommended therapy, then they're coming to us to give it a try. But when it comes to these other mandatory sentences to physical therapy, they're already <laughs> in the mindset of man. Clearly I don't prison be... when you say sentence. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what they that's what that's the vibe they give it's off. It's so true. They're just like, 
like patients straight up say like i'm only here for my mri i'm only here for my meds i'm only here because right off the bat when they say that i'm like tell you that in the eval or like our the first visit that we've worked with them and off the bat that's just a hard start because you know they don't want to be there sometimes you get a patient that's willing to do whatever you tell them that they are there Mm -hmm. to get better not all i'm not saying all there are several or i guess depends but that won't really fight you but you can see that their effort levels aren't very high yeah and i have a great example of like honestly we've had we currently have a, a super super nice patient super super nice workers comp everything that they do they do it with a smile they act like they want to get all better but every single time you do range of motion on them, they fight you on purpose because they don't want it to look like they're getting better because then they'd have to start returning back to work. So you also have those people who don't want to get better because they want either a, the quick fix of a surgery instead, or they don't want to get better because they don't want to return back to work, but they don't really want to actually work hard in PT either, but they're super nice. So uh, the the word you're looking for is malingerers. Yeah, a little bit of just like. But I would be very careful using that word when you're. Oh yeah, at no, the clinic or that. documentation or no. in any other scenario because that there's a lot of patient demonstrated increased range of motion during exercises, but remains guarded during passive range. Yes, of pretty much. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. I was like. I was like, did I word that any different? Nope. It literally was like patient demonstrates lack of motion or range of motion due to guarding with passive I and just do active more assist. exercises with those patients than manual. Yeah, I stopped ranging this patient um, because of the fact that there was no point. There was literally no point. Like I could feel them pushing against my hand, trying well, to yeah, go the I mean, opposite direction. Like- and I'm like, dude, I... <clears throat> I can watch them do way better. Well, I've had like um, patients. Well, I'm watching them on the pulleys and they're getting like 140, 150 degrees yes. of shoulder flexion. And I can barely get them past 90 when I do passive. Yeah. It was, and it's like it's, maybe feels like kind of close. I get it. Like maybe there's maybe laying supine causes a little bit more discomfort because gravity and whatever to get into specifics. But when you have like a 50 degree jump and they're screaming in pain when you get to 90 and it's like, you just got to 140, 150. Or my other, my other one too. That's my favorite. It's those who, again, you know, this person can, um, they come in holding their Starbucks drink, their baby on one side, their 20 pound purse on another fling that thing over. Like it's no tomorrow. And then you get to go do a manual muscle testing. And the moment you touch them, their arms just fall. And you're like, I watch you carry more stuff than I'm even applying pressure right now. This is BS. Um, those are, they're challenging because you can't like you, you can't just call them out on it because of the fact that if you do, most of the time they're going to get defensive. They're going to then want to go somewhere else. They might complain about you to the doctor or to their worker comp place comp um, person, or they're going to complain to the lawyer. 
So there's definitely, and like, you don't want to call, like, there's a fine line of saying, hey, I'm noticing this and being like, you're, you're faking. And so you really have to work with it. And the best way of kind of is to be like, hey, I noticed, by the way, you know, you're getting a lot more range of motion when you're doing these standing exercises. But yeah, every time I try to move it, do you have pain when I try to move it? Like, what's going on? And sometimes if you point it out, um, then they're kind of like, oh, crap. I've been caught. But, like, not in a way of, like, you're trying to just more point out of, like, saying, hey, something else going on, which makes them go, okay, like, they can usually come up with something then or something like that. But you kind of just know, I guess, at that point. They know, you know, and you know, they know, but you didn't have to say it. Does that make sense? I guess that so for these patients, we definitely have had some extreme patients on this yes. spectrum. I, not we're saying not they're, all, say like they're all like this. Not even close um, to all. Some <laughs> definitely want to give physical therapy a fair run. But for mm-hmm. this patient population, you just have to do a lot of education, do what you can, um, and just kind of stick with the POC set by the yeah. PT and just kind of see how things go. Maybe they And I will get, say... I see this more in these populations than commercial or Medicaid or Medicare populations just because of the fact that, um, again, there's something usually to gain at the very end of it, whether, again, that's medication, a, you know, more of a settlement, because some people, if they're injured longer, they can get more money out of a settlement, um, whether they get more time off of work, light duty, that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not saying all. These are just traits we see pop out sometimes in any population. Well, for our last population that we're going to talk about today is cognitive deficits. Mm-hmm. Um, so we worked with a couple patients that have had Down syndrome, autism, um, Alzheimer's. Like, yep. So we, I mean, even in the year that we've been open at this new clinic, we've already had several of those cases and we have one patient where to keep him on task, we count to 10 in different languages. So I would fail at that. (laughs) So to do his three sets of 10 of leg lifts or bridges, we count to 10 in Spanish and French and in German. And that keeps him on task. I know how to count to 10 in German. What is it? I'm too tired for that. What is it in French? I am too tired for that. I can do it in Spanish. Well, yes. Yeah, Spanish you is like your first language. judge me for my accents. Dude, I, no, I would not be judging because you, you know I can't do nothing. So, Which is funny because um, Kelsey's family was in town and they're from Germany. So when I told Kelsey I can speak to and I told her I can count to 10 in German. She was like, no, you can't. So me and the, I think she's eight years old. Me and the eight-year-old counted to 10 at the same time to prove it. I'm like, see, I can count to 10. She's <laughs> like, how do you know German? I was like, because we have a patient who we have to count in German for him to stay on task. But yeah. um, a lot of demonstrations. So patients like either more like Down syndrome, you have to do a lot of demonstration so it's more of like a follow the leader mentality. Mm-hmm. So it's um, sometimes it requires two therapists if there's balance involved. But you have like colored dots on the floor. Like, all right, let's just jump to this dot. 
let's go right to left let's work on gate but a lot of it's more follow leader a lot of demonstration um other ones that are just hard to keep on tasks and you know they're not going to count their reps and sets then we just set them on timers Mm-hmm. And I think with most of those patients, it's more of giving them either functional um, exercises. So like if you have Alzheimer's or dementia, giving those like, hey, you know, fold these clothes and toss them in the basket and stuff like that. Like giving them tasks to do are better than giving them an exercise to do. Um, it can even be like the same way with uh, little kids. Um same thing like you can give them more make it more into a game or make it more into fun so it's not just like you're set hey here's your amount of reps here's the form i want you to do i'll check in it's it is a little more hands-on a little more creativity of what you're working on like you said with the the jumping from the dots working on balance you know and you're not going to just have them do a single leg stance because they're going to lose focus and it's not so much that they can't do it. It's just the focus aspect of it. So you definitely have to be more creative. And like you said, whether that's counting um, different ways, whether it's um, using a distraction around of like tossing a ball to another person, whether it's putting them on a timer, um, definitely just need to be more creative Um and with some of these traits, too, they can get frustrated easily, too. If they don't understand and you're starting to get a little frustrated or um, you you just kind of continue to repeat it, they can get frustrated. And so it's something to be aware of. Like, you know, if one way doesn't work and they're not getting it, try a different way of explaining it or showing it to them. Or And if you see that they're starting to get a little frustrated, maybe you just move on to something you know for a fact that they're going to get and they're going to like. Um, so there is a lot more, I feel like adjustment within the treatment itself than any other type of, um, personalities and different traits that come along with that. No, I agree. So, yeah, I think that's um, kind of about it, right? Yep. We'll just wrap things up. Um, thank you so much for listening as always. Um, we appreciate everybody who does. Mm-hmm. Making it this far, um, be sure to like, share, do all the things, follow our socials, YouTube, Instagram, uh, the Discord, PTA source run by Nick, growing in members all the time. Yeah. Great people on there Join to converse it. with anything physical therapy related. Um, and until then, we hope you enjoy the holiday weekend if you're listening to this on Friday. And we shall and catch go you guys nice. next week for us. Of course, I'm sneaking that in. I got Stu. I have a problem. I have a hockey problem. <laughs> we'll have an intervention for you some other time. Sounds All right, good. guys. Take care. All right. Bye. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.